Welcome to the Beers and Miles podcast, where we talk about beers, miles, and whatever else we manage to jump off topic with. My name's Chris, and I am not going to ruin the intro like I did last time, the first time around. I'm here hanging out in beautiful home of Columbus, Ohio, or I guess my really weird apartment in Columbus, Ohio. Um, I am going to be doing what I usually do, and that's opening up a beer here. Today, we're opening up a New Glarus Spotted Cow. Thank, uh, thank you to Josh for dropping this off. Um, but we're going to just try this out. We've had this tomorrow. I don't need to, I don't really need to say how it tastes. It's a good beer. It's a really easy drinking beer. And, uh, yeah. Um, as always, we start the podcast off with drinking a beer and then also plugging in the whole plugs for everything. Uh, so if you guys like the podcast, leave it a like, uh, leave a nice comment, five-star review on Spotify, iTunes, all of that whole stuff. Share it on your prod, uh, share it on your Instagram, share it. To your friends, scared to your dog, you know the whole spiel. Um, we are back with part two of the CIM recap. We have a gentleman here that was not on the first half, so we want to get his a uh, little bit of his um, little bit of his story here. Um, this man comes to us from uh, the land of the Novi Twilight Mile. The prestigious Novi Twilight Mile. He graduated yeah, magna yeah, cum laude from the Novi from Nova High School. He's a member of our honor roll, three year academic all state honoree. Um, let's see, what else did he do here? I'm getting blue bio. All I'm saying is he was named Runner of the Year twice by the Novi News. I don't know if you guys have. I haven't personally. That, that I've heard that's the only news outlet that matters in Novi, Michigan. <laughs> so they say, so they say. Uh, so yeah, we have Mike, Yost, and uh, we have Witty, and we'll have Dietrich joining us uh, whenever he gets off the toilet, I'm sure. And uh, we might even have a special guest. Who knows? Uh, uh, Mike just pulled up the envelope blue, and I have to point out, like, that, that, that was from software. I was... 19 in that picture with a full beard with the full beard you know full beard is that full full beard dyed hair is what i see here it's impressive uh but see the the headshot i think that's from my last year but the like the running picture up top that's uh i i do you know what i will say this i don't give a lot of credit to michigan uh I guess my, the, the, like every Michigan person in this in this podcast, which is everybody but me, would probably say I should give a lot more credit to Michigan. Uh, but the best thing about the University of Michigan athletics page for the men's cross-country team is it actually tells you, as a little SoundCloud clip there, that pronounces Yost's name. <laughs> that's, hey, that's, that's my voice, too. That's my name, image, and likeness. That report. Man, did you have to sign off on that? No, nah, that was before anything. Oh man, <laughs> not like not like I go much of anywhere. But... Back in the old days. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we did the first half of the podcast, and I hope you guys enjoyed the first half. We actually got it out pretty quickly. We got it out in about a week. Usually, it takes me about a month, um, and hopefully, I can get this out in a couple of days before the trials. So, um, really, we talked about a couple things here, and we just want to go through. Same thing with you, Yost. Uh, the first thing is kind of lead into how you ended up doing your, how you ended up doing CIM and how you ended up just getting there. Yeah. So, um, 
CIM23 was something that kind of crept on the mind uh, from being around uh, a bunch of runners post-collegially. So when I finished my college career, I knew I wanted some time off, just was physically a little a little broken and hobbled mentally, you know. I had I had uh, extra eligibility through the like COVID redshirts and freshmen, so I was a sixth year grad graduate student when I finished. So I I I'd done plenty of miles, uh, plenty of intense miles. As so some would I, say, this man loves the game. Yeah, dude, it's it's all about the game. But um, I uh, so I knew I wanted to take a little bit of time off after college, and then uh, I found myself in the in the post college life, trying to figure out the work and running balance when I decided to get active again, and I really couldn't do it. And the thing that would keep pushing me to try and be active was hitching on to some of Mike's early training runs with him or some of the guys around town. And then um, the thing that always, you know, I didn't know if I, if I was ever going to do a road race or track race or anything like that. Again, the one thing I knew I would always try and get in shape for was, uh, We'll call it by the proper name, not the current name, the Great Lakes Relay in the summer. So I did that right out of college and I loved it. And that's a, a, kind of circling back to like how I got into doing CIM and the marathon. A lot of those guys are distance runners. A lot of them were older U of M alums. So from there, we would just kind of sh shoot the crap while we were waiting in between relay legs and be like, hey, you're pretty well suited to try one of these if you wanted to. And I'm like, ah, that's too far. And then uh, before you knew it, I just kind of stumbled into it. <laughs> Wait, so just, so we have – Mike, were you on that GLR relay too? I was I was on a different team, but, yeah, I was at the event. Okay. This is another one. We like against each other. Because we've had no, – we, we had Colin Martin on it as well. So, like, that team was yeah, stacked. Colin was on my team. Yeah, Colin, Colin was on a team nondescript and inoffensive. Well, that's back and back. <laughs> yeah, they were back and back champs for sure. I, I heard about how that team that that team breakdown, and I was like, "That's a team I don't want to face ever." Because <laughs> I had you two, I had Morsi on it, I think. Yep. And uh, Nick Wolk was on it. It's just Nick, yeah. It's just not fair. Yeah, it was all. I think like our team finished seventh or so. We always want to get to the top five, but it's always U of M's guys that are just always run away so um it's always fun to like try to like stack and get your best guys out there in front to like stay as long as how long can you stay with michigan's team which is usually just like and then that's it because <laughs> morsi led off our well this year actually nick led off but like when you have a guy like morsi it doesn't matter how much running or how little running he's doing he is perpetually worst case scenario in shape to run 455 to like 505 pace per mile for any distance or race you get him so it's nice when you have that and then you have a few guys that had otq'd over planning on otqing yep yep so basically what you're saying is he conformed to all the marathoners and he joined the squad of they the amoebaed me they amoebaed me they just <laughs> took me in and so I, I i knew one of the things that would help get me motivated and more focused was throwing a race on the schedule yep and i knew uh, I knew Mike was planning on doing something and I had heard from Zach and then kind of from you guys as well, like CM could be a thing. So I was like, well, I'll just sign up for that. And then, you know, 
my money's on there, so I better run. You know, like, you know, might be a little bit of a sunk cost fallacy, but <laughs> I was like, hey, you know, we're, we're going to put the best foot forward, whatever that is, and see how it goes. Well, I will also say, like, it did fall into place where I was, like, Ghost and I are in town. We live uh, five miles away yeah. from each other. So it just made sense, you know, to have to have a training partner on whatever evening runs or whenever we can make time to, to join. But I was just getting ready to run Grandma's Marathon in June and then looking for a fall, right? We talked about that last time. So it just so happened, like, hey, I'm getting on this. I'm going through this kind of the first time as well. And then it kind of made sense to do some training runs together. Whenever it made sense, it wasn't every day. But yeah, but the one the one biggest fact you're leaving out is that CIM was Yost's debut in the marathon. Yeah. So I've only seen Yost run a couple times and I know I I mean you've run eight thirty nine the steeplechase, so I mean at this point like eight thirty nine sub fourteen, that's that's legitimate <laughs> uh to say the least there. Uh but I would say I saw you run uh at that Michigan and Arbor Twilight meet, you were pacing out and you were like, I'm out of shape. I'm out of shape. And you proceeded to take, I think, uh, uh, E-Tech, some of the sub four guys through at like 800 or was it 400? Uh, I went through 700, like in the middle of it, not like from the gun. I did like a 147, 700. So not sub four pace, but you know, we were somewhat close. Um, And then hopped in and paced two 5Ks after. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> You're like, I'm out of shape. I'm out of shape. Yeah, it, it, yo, it's, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I feel like this was this was something that Adam told me at one point, which was your plan after your time at Michigan was to keep running for a little bit and absolutely rip a half and then be done with running. Was that the was that the plan? That was that was the initial plan, um, like. So I had finished running. I was like, take some time off, and then I'm like, all right, finished in May June. We're doing Indian November, and we're just gonna stop after that. I didn't even run. Like it got to the point where, like, with the job I was at, I couldn't get out the door consistently, or so worn out and tired. I didn't want to. So like, it's like. Never signed up for that indie half. <laughs> it, w- it would be a lot of like, oh, Mike's doing something. I'll jump in, maybe try a workout here and there. Can't do the full thing. Or like get some miles here. Like have a good two, two and a half weeks and then drop off for a week and a half or whatever and then try the same thing. So it's like nothing consistent. Didn't think about signing up for stuff. And then uh, that was uh, 22. And then 23 – Right, this kind of connects with him doing grandma's yep. right around June is when I stepped away from that job and well, went, I was like, you know what, I need for my sake of maybe not even trying to compete, but just trying to be an active person, I need to step away from what I'm doing right now and find something that gives me more of a balance. And so it just happened to line up with, with Mike. I could get running again. He was kind of finishing his grandma's peak and then going to come down and then build back up. So like, okay, Mike, what are you doing? Like racing mm-hmm. plan or anything like that? Cause we run enough together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it, it just makes sense to try and tag along and see what happens. So that ended up signing up. I think I signed up for CIM before the tr- Detroit half. <laughs> I think you did. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> and I'm surprised you got into the seated section yeah. from that. 
Uh, you know, I, I, I did a good job of reading the little application and it said track marks from maximum three years prior. Yep. So I could dust off the Tifers. Um, don't, don't look, don't look at the, the, the mile or the, the 1500 mark there, but I could dust off the or a few good marks and, uh, say, Hey, I've ran this. Can I please be in the seated? And they're like, Oh yeah, no problem with that. Yeah. Shout out to, uh, what is it? Sacramento running association that runs the, the elite field yeah. and the seated field because real recognizes real. They're super accommodating, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think you. I think they right. You emailed them in, and they were pretty. They were like, "Oh yeah." Oh, they're like no problem getting you in the seated. So that was that was nice to hear. And then, um, yeah, because I I'll tell you what. Um, right now, or when I submitted that, definitely when I submitted that, not an eight thirty nine steeple chaser, not a thirteen fifty three five k guy, but you know it's on my name, and there's a link to the results. So it yeah. happened at some point. You could run four hundred two in the fifteen hundred. <laughs> oh, that was dirty. That was dirty. <laughs> I did it to myself by bringing it up. So yeah, as soon as you said that, I opened up the T version. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, fun fact: my outdoor 3K PR is slower than my steeple. Mm. That's well, yeah. You didn't race it. I raced one. Yeah, there you go. I raced one outdoor 3K. And was it a workout? No, it was just not good for, oh. for my like for what Sully wanted, for what I wanted. It was just not what we needed. <laughs> so we chatted a little bit about the actual race itself, um, and well, was there any was there any kind of hesitation of thinking you could actually OTQ? Because I remember you talking about it during that workout that we talked on the first first podcast, the twelve miles at marathon pace, and like. I think even talking to you, and I, it might just be like you're you're very humble about what you do, but like you just you still kind of had that whole thing of like you kind of you kind of made it look like, well, I'm not sure if I'm in two eight sub two eighteen shape. I think all of us thought you were in sub two eighteen shape, just good knowing how talented you are. But like, you, did you think even coming into that workout or even any workouts during that like that November time period that you were in shape to do it? Um, I will say that was the workout where I was like, okay, like this, this seems to be lining up really well with what we're doing. Cause I, that was my longest run of the build for CIM. And also we threw 12 miles of work in there. So, and it went very well as an understatement, you know? So, uh, from there I was like, okay, I feel like I'm probably fit enough to do it. But what I was worried about, because I I was trying to give respect to the distance, you know, it's like, I've never been that far before. I've never had to run harder than, um, well, I guess the half marathon I raced or that workout was the longest time I've done efforts, like at some sort of race pace or racing. So it's like, I... Just because I can do it for 13 or 12 doesn't mean I can do it for 26. So I was always hesitant about, I don't know how the body will react, especially like I, I kind of call it uh, recovery or <laughs> vibes. I call it vibes-based training was my approach, but let's call it more recovery-based training. So I knew I wasn't, 
I knew I wasn't going to be worn out going into it, but I didn't know if I had put enough miles going in. Um, so that, again, going back, thought the fitness was there. And I'll say, like, you guys and specifically just how much I ran with Zach as well. Like, because Zach, Mike, and I, like, I think towards the end of the block for CIM did a lot of, like, work together. And Zach was the one that was gassing me up like no other so i was like zach knows what he's talking about and he's done it so i don't know where my confidence is at but i know zach's confident so that gives me more i think another thing we should maybe mention sorry chris i I do think we need to mention this is that it was hinted in the last episode in part one but yost is undefeated in international competition and so i guess i'll I'll segue that too you know you talk about that confidence from that that big workout you guys did where was the confidence after winning Detroit? Like, was that a moment where you were like, okay, maybe this OTQ is possible? That was, that was a big boost for sure. Um, I think Mike and I were just um, shooting like ideas back and forth of like what we'd be pretty happy with. And we're like, definitely shooting for under 68, like 67 mid would be great. Getting close to 67 flat would be a plus day. And so to end up dipping a decent chunk under 67 flat for like a, an unknown sort of racing distance uh, was a big confidence booster. Um, I, I will say weirdly, uh, I still got more from the workout than the race, but that was like, a, okay, I think yeah. it was a checkpoint, I would say. If I was anything slower than 68, I was going to be worried. Mm-hmm. Um, and anything other than that was going to be like, okay, nice. We're on the right trajectory. So to be under 67, even I was like, okay, this is, things are looking good. Let's just keep up the work, but not like it's in the bag or anything like that. I don't think I ever thought it was in the bag. It's hard to, it's hard to call your shot in a marathon. Even running the race, I don't, I don't think. They were, I ever thought it was in the bag till about point two left. Well, yeah. Well, Yost and I ran very different races at Detroit. I went out like a bat out of hell trying to chase Morsi because I wanted to be aggressive and see how fast I could go out. Like at like it was honestly sub five the first mile and like five oh five oh three five oh five, and I wanted to see how long it could stick with fatigue legs running through and not tapering. Um, and then I kind of, the wheels kind of fell off a little bit and then Yost was very calm and collected and just came up and just blew my, blew by me. And then bit mile by mile, just gets five more seconds, five more seconds. So that's why I ended up winning by like yeah. 40 seconds. Yeah. Um, we <laughs> were like, I'm not catching you. <laughs> less than three miles in and Morsi already had 20 seconds on me. So I didn't realize that obviously cause I was way back, but like, I didn't realize Morsi had opened up that gap so early, especially going off the bridge too. That's ridiculous. Yeah. 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 So the bridge is where I started. Well, not up the bridge. Down, down the bridge is where I started getting everything back because I, I like to call myself a, a bowling ball. Um, I am I am a king of the downhill. So if, as long as I can stay connected or at least not lose too much on and up, like I will be soaring. I'll be zooming on the downhill. I went um, – 514 up the bridge and then like 444 or so. So, so are you saying that CJ Alberson has competition this weekend? 
Uh, unfortunately, it's a pretty flat course, so I don't think I get the little. <laughs> I'm all I'm saying. If this was a full downhill, like just that downhill, or even just downhill the whole time, people would have to watch out. Mm-hmm. I just get that center of gravity a little bit more aggressive, a little more lean forward, and it's game over. I think the difference of your your comment on like the race versus the workout is the race you're like perfectly prepared for for the most part. You're tapered, you're fresh for the most part, you're ready to rock. Versus in the cycle after a whole full week of work and then also capping it off with that large workout on 12 miles at pace like that. I can see why you said is like, was the game changer or the realizer of your capability. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. More so nodding, nodding along to the listeners. <laughs> so fast forward over to the race itself. Um, I guess one question would be, Vibes for yourself coming into this weekend. Any nerves? How did you feel like just mentally coming into it? Uh, this weekend? No, I know. Uh, coming into into CIM for Rios. Oh. Okay. Well, I would like, like CIM, I've been describing it as, and this sounds childish or whatever, but it was <laughs> a sleepover with the boys. <laughs> happened to have a marathon like I'm it, honestly no it felt you know and I I really been I really benefited from that I think one thing that I've learned from my you know sample size of two road races so it's a little different but one thing I've learned it's like people take it seriously and put the best foot forward like that's like not a thing I'm arguing against here but the atmosphere is so much more relaxed and it's easier to have fun and less stress. And I think that goes a long way to having a better performance. How did it feel like on it's race day to have somebody that you've known for such a long time, trained for, some, with, uh, for such a long time, and all honestly came in with a, with a <clears throat> had already run the distance, had already run pretty well at the distance, and then probably recognizing some people around uh, uh, like along the line too. I mean, you've raced at a pretty high level, so I'm sure you recognize some people out there, but how did it feel like being having your debut be at CAM, but also not being alone here? I, yeah, I, I kind of just go back to what I said about like it being a sleepover. Like it was nice to just not really think like we're doing our right stuff. We're doing our pre-meet. We're doing our, all that, but not really think about, the race itself at all in the few days we were there leading up to it it was just it was pleasant like it was like a fun trip to not stress yourself out and the way I tried to the way I tried to go about like college running and when I had my best performances was um thinking like we already have so much stress in our lives when it comes to in college it's school and it, out of college it's working and then on top of that you're just training at a very high level like and i'm not saying it's easy to do but if you could almost like give yourself the chance to take a step back and be like okay it we're just we're going for a run like that's let's it's not the end of the world how this goes which I don't know might sound counterintuitive because you're like, I need to run as fast as I can, but putting that extra burden on yourself, I think just wears you out more. And that's something I 
it took me a while to learn in college, but I think that's something that's a lot easier to apply to the roads. And then having the fantastic crew we did made it that much yeah. easier. Definitely. Like, heck, I met Max and uh, yeah. Fred on the trip. And I was like, these these guys are fantastic. They're like, we gelled like we were yeah, been friends for a while. The, the cool thing, I think one of the things that, you know, all of us having been post like, having been collegiate runners and now running post collegiately, in our time in college, I feel like the phrase business trip gets thrown around a ton when it comes to like meet weekends and trips and stuff like that. And so I think one of the healthiest things like for me, and I think for a lot of other people too, is like getting rid of that men- the business trip mentality of races. Cause it's like, it really is. I mean, that was one of the most fun running weekends of my life. I've probably said that so many times already, but like it, it, it didn't even matter how I raced. It's like, I just enjoyed being around the guys. And it was like, yeah, we, we all wanted to do well. We all had very varying performances, but like, it was just, it was just genuinely fun. And that's kind of what you need to have at this point. Like it doesn't need to be all business. It doesn't need to be, you know, uh, hood up headphones in like mentality all the time. It's, it can be just kind of fun. And like you, and I, that's the biggest thing a lot of us learn is that you run the best when you're having the most fun. Yeah. And I mentioned it after my race was like, had my race gone poorly, I think I still would have enjoyed the weekend. Like just because I was like, okay, well we had a great weekend and now we're going to be set, set forward to go to Santa Rosa and yeah. hang out with some more boys and we're just going to have a great time. Like there was not really any way, like even if it would have just gone to shit, it would have been like, okay, well I've had such a great time already and I have another half of this trip ready to go. Um, but kind of going forward, cause I, I definitely want to get to this part of the story so we can chat about the exciting thing that's coming up this weekend. Um, so you've experienced pretty massive fields you've run at i assume you've run at the wisco invite you've run around a lot a big pack of people that are really talented some of the best some of the most talented people in the country so you're kind of used to already being in a massive pack but how is it like i mean with detroit like you're leading you're like you're in the top five already from like from that but and at cim like looking at where you guys were at because i pulled all your guys' results from it like you guys were still, if you were with Mike, like you still were in a pretty high place for that. I mean, coming into 10K, you were still at 100th place at 10K. So like, how is it like being, again, in a massive pack with this point in a marathon distance? So actually, I think like that played into my strengths as a runner and a racer that I had learned and picked up on in college really well. So I had... Um, how I placed so well sometimes in these big meets was consistent pacing and knowing my own race. And so I actually struggled at the national meet because that's uh, regardless of how it goes, like for cross country, it's like you're going out in sub 430 with 150 other people and you're hoping you can hang on more. And like, that's (laughs) like, that's not necessarily my speed. And it, it went okay. Like I didn't really move up or down my last like year of cross country doing that, but we ran nutty comb the Wisconsin meet that year. And I ended up, I think in the fifties or sixties, but I think I was somewhat near mid to high hundreds or 200th place, like through two K. 
you know, and obviously that's, it's because everybody's running a similar pace and I'm just shuffled towards the back, but it's the kind of learning. I'm okay with my position because I know my race, which, you know, kind of sounds opposite of what I just said about nationals, but that's nationals is always a, you'd have to do whatever's going on. But I think like in a, in a nutty or in like one of those bigger things where you can run your own race, that's where I thrived. I'm like, okay, I'm going to be running like, the equivalent of 72s per quarter as long as I can. And I might go out a little faster than that, but not really because I know a lot of people will be coming back to me. And like, I can use that to pull myself forward when I get tough or if I start like stagnating. That's that's a really interesting insight there. And I think now a lot of people get a chance to actually experience things like that. And really cool to see you pull, pulling that, your college experience into a race like this in the first time out there. Um, describe the... The feeling when uh, you saw the saw the finish line, or like how, like the finish line, your first marathon, and us also uh, your your boy just uh, your boy just qualified already too. Okay, so so going going off this, I I listened to the pot. Adam said I started, Adam said I started jogging, and I was like, oh, I'm set. I was like. Okay, I did the math. I could run eight minute pace. Set <laughs> the record that. straight. Okay. <laughs> I did not start jogging. I was just maintaining at best <laughs> what I was doing. Um, but I, I will say, uh, like seeing the finish line, and I will, I will say, it would have maybe like not packed it in, but gone a little less aggressive at the end. If I didn't see, I could still dip under 217. I was like, oh, I got got to do that. That sounds better. 216-something sounds better than 217-something. <laughs> but um, I, I will say uh, it was <laughs> – we just been clipping along. I won't, I won't go too much into uh, the race because I've um, – Mike, you know, touched on kind of how, how ours went for a good bit. I will touch on what I find to be the funny bit, what which what led to then the whole uh, oh point two oh I'm so good sort of moment for me. So we 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 split off from the pacer and all that, and so we're we're just clipping off as we can. And I remember mile twenty goes by, and I'm like, okay, the legs are starting to get up right now, like just the faintest bit, but I can feel it. And I remember getting around 21. I'm like, all right, Mike, we got we got 27 whatever minutes left or something like that. Mm-hmm. And because I was trying to fool myself <clears throat> that and I would just I kind of did that each little mile marker until and we would trade off every now and again. But I believe around three to go, Mike had gapped me by like 10, 15 meters or something like that. And I just like I didn't respond in the moment. And so, again, we were 20-ish seconds ahead of pace at half. Mm -hmm. Um, Had not been running slower than pace the whole time. But as soon as Mike pulled away from me, all of my smarts, if I have any, uh, just completely went away. And I'm like, oh, he's pulling away because we've just been off pace. We lost all of our time. We're not going to do it. (laughs) Like, we're, he's like... I was like, he's pulling away because I'm going to run like 218.02. Like, like, you know, 
so I'm just like, I almost start to spiral. Like I, I was like, it's all blowing up. Like I can't do it. Also this whole time, as Mike said, we have sped up now. We are running five O's. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> our last seven miles was sub five ten, and and I'm thinking <laughs> we're going slower, and we lost all the time. <laughs> so I I give uh, Mike a bunch of credit for for how like my race ended up going because I was like, again, he's pulling off from me because he's gonna do it, and like I'm fading, so I just gotta try and hold out to Mike. So it was just a a lot of like just stopping no longer running just stomping my way forward and then so we kind of i was able to get back like maybe less than two miles left and i'm like okay we still really gotta work even though i'm looking at the watch i'm like okay we have like 12 minutes to get the cut or whatever and i'm like we have to run this because at this distance if we run 1201 we're not gonna make it (laughs) even though like Math is not mathing at this point. (laughs) And so we're pulling along. We get to that like last mile stretch before the point two. We see the groups in front of us. And I'm like fighting to get with Mike and then like fighting to pull ahead because at that point we're able to kind of work together. And I'm just fighting, fighting, fighting. And we get to uh, like right around that point two mark. So I get one more last look at the clock and I'm like, Oh, I'm an idiot. Like, that was my first thought. Like, a wave of relief, though, of, like, I'm stupid, you know? And so it's like, okay, we're we're good. Like, like we're not, like, we're not going to pack it in, but we have, we have the wiggle room to run eight-minute pace. And then, so this is, this is why I say, I won't say I jogged it in, because Mike absolutely blew the doors off of me, and he deserves that credit. Because there is no way I could have responded to that. It's, I never, I've never been known to have a kick. Who would it, have thought I had to wait till a marathon? Because because it wasn't even at the point two. It was like around. Because a little it, bit forward, it was, yeah. It's like the J turn, little to turn, the finish, turn, and turn. it's like coming off the first like turn of the J. That's when he started. So in less than point two, Mike put four seconds on me. But that was, that was, it's so funny how like you're doing the math in your head and the last point two always messes you up. Cause you're like, I can't, I'm doing like evens, like whatever, five fifteens, five tens. And then you're trying to like map it out. And then you can't at that point in the race, add 40 seconds to it and then count backwards. No. It's just, you no can't way. compute. Like your brain just shuts off and freaks out. So my strategy the whole long, like I knew we were on pace faster at half. And I was like, all right, I know my fitness is here. I know we've got this mark if nothing because you know bad happens. I was like, so I'm going to keep, all right, I'm going to get to the safe spot of 19 or so. And then just start chopping down, just start chopping down. That feels good. It's going to hurt like hell. But then that's, that was, that was my strategy. Right. And that's kind of what pulled along. And then, yeah, Yo said it too. Like, what was it the last couple of miles? Then Yo's caught back up to me, and then he put like five meters on me, and I started to win. So I was like, oh shit! So I was like, I can't, I can't do this. And I was like, I gotta pull back up to him. I was like, we're, we've already, we're in like the last, I don't even know, mile and a half. So yeah, it was a lot of fun replaying it. In my I, head. I will say, I spent plenty of time, uh, not in the physical, in the metaphorical bin <laughs> after the race, as you guys saw, and I think. One takeaway I will take from my uh, first marathon is just fueling after mile 18 is probably a smart idea. Mike oh probably my has a funny yeah, story. Yeah, so this is like, oh my, can I, I'm going to tell this for a second. So we're, 
so I got <laughs> bottles. So our plan, our plan was that we were going to share my bottle the entire race, right? Because we were going to run stride for stride. So that was the plan. And we get to the the last two, wasn't it? Two like eight, 18, 18 or nineteen, something. and then like twenty three. And like I get to this point where I'm taking it, I, all I know, <laughs> granted from grandmas, is just to keep your stomach it's just as full as possible because the first time it didn't, right? I didn't blow up, so. I've taken it and I, I take a swig and I pass it over and like, you like, I, don't, I think you took one squirt and then give it back. And then the next time we come back around, I like go to offer it and the is just like a mute now. He just shuts down. He's just like, he's just like, uh, uh. he's like groans at me. I'm like, are you sure you don't want anything? He's like, uh. and he's got like six miles left. I'm like, uh, I think, uh, all right. <laughs> so he doesn't have anything. So yeah, if there's anything, just keep taking the bottles. Yeah trick your mind and just drinking the bottles yeah. that's, that's it but it was yeah no wonder you were starting to chug along at the end. yeah you were in a really yeah. bad place when we saw you afterward <laughs> it was a, it's the it's probably the darkest i've been in a race sort of like and things were going well don't get like i've had i've had situations where it's like woe is me like i have like like done terribly like this is a terrible performance or whatever but like to have it like spiral in the race and then also be shutting down and be like oh like mute like thinking bad thoughts it was it, I, I, <laughs> like i don't think there's been a lot of races where i've i've hit a dark spot and then been able to pull out of it so we'll, we'll call go. that the silver lining you know was able get out of it just fine and then be in the med tent for half an hour and then be on a curb for I will say half an hour. Well Ghost so, has his own bottles you, this, you know this weekend. So we, we both have our own bottles. Yeah. With him Some say that he's still he's like part of his soul still on that curb. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean part I think the the essence of my soul is still like combing my, my post race hair for the photo op. Like literally, I mean, yeah, Yost, you were you were not well. Like you, I think we we I think like Chris Pratt and I got up to go get a beer from the beer tent, and you were just like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna sit sit here. And so we're like, okay. And we come back, and you were like head between your knees. And then at that point, they announced that they're gonna do the awards, and they're like, we need all OTQers to be there to like do a a pick of all the people that qualified. And we told you that. And with what I assume was like Herculean strength, you grabbed your bag and pulls out, pull out this like mystery comb that we didn't know was there. And Yost begins to like grew his hair in the most magnificent way. And then you got up and were like, let's do this picture. And that was like the most triumphant moment of the day, I think. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, uh, probably. Like, <laughs> was, you know. I don't know where I found that strength from being like, hand, like tearing apart a little burrito and like myself piece by piece. I don't know how I went from that to like, ah, swag, picture time. I'm cool. <laughs> but um, I will say though, that curb was like, I mean, it was needed, but I bet um, two people, I'll shout out uh, Jake and Zoe. Um, I met just had never met them before. You know, this is just met them at CIM and we were just sitting down the curb. I was still trying to go through, but they just were plopped down next to me. Hey, there's the room. Like, yeah, yeah, there's room. But then we got like, got chatting a bit. It was so nice. And like, that's something that I always appreciate 
appreciated from running, but like even more as we talked about, like road racing atmosphere is kind of a little more like relaxed, laid back, and like there's less stress to it. It was like just fun to like have those encounters. And speaking of people. new, speaking of new people, no, I completely agree. You may have heard him. I, I feel really bad about not introducing him because he's been he's been listening along and uh, laughing along with some of these stories. But uh, you may have heard him on the uh, on some of the Sidious Mag interviews this past weekend at the uh, one of the BU meets. Uh, welcome, Alex. How are you doing? What's up, boys? Hope you don't mind me jumping on the yapping. Uh, always, we always want to hear the yapping. He's yapping. Yeah, dude. I'm a yapper. As a member of the Yapper community, I had to, had to jump in on this. How you guys all doing? Great, man. Doing great. Yeah. We are drinking something new here. We're drinking a Weller uh, Antique 107. Just doing a little small pour of that. Nothing crazy. After spotted cow, you know. Uh, what are you drinking, Alex? I'm drinking a, a Lamplighter Brewing Company uh, from Cambridge, Massachusetts. I'm drinking a, a, a Carmen Amber Lager. Pretty good. Oh, awesome, awesome. Alex, Alex, it's been a bit since we talked. Like, I, I need to know, have you found where James McCurdy is? <laughs> <laughs> where is James McCurdy? Could somebody please find James McCurdy? Uh, don't worry, you'll find him talking about his race. Uh, that's for sure. <laughs> uh Oh my god! Uh, that was probably my favorite meme of the entire week, by far. That, that, yeah, that, that, that man's that image has been ruined for me now. Like I'll always just like think of that, like when I see like, his name mentioned or faded. Like, and that's perfect. I love it. Like that's I don't want to think of him any other way. That's that how that skin is good. I have like ten drafts on Twitter. Anytime he has said any, <laughs> literally anything, I'm just putting the Chappelle McCurdy <laughs> meme. <laughs> I have fought so hard not to drop that every time he is pontificating on that app. <laughs> hey, this weekend he might have some thoughts. You never know. Oh, I might. That might. This might be it. I might drop that meme. He's gonna. He's gonna cook something on that app, and I'm gonna lose all restraint. I might have to pull that one out finally. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Alex's story for in a quick second, but there. Uh, the boys are have an early early sleepy time uh, because they're getting ready for um, guys. We have two Olympic trials qualifiers on this podcast, and it's freaking awesome. And so I, I really want to chat. Just quick, quick. He just dabbed on us. He just dabbed us on camera. Um, um, real quick. The cool thing about this too is, I mean, you go and look at these bios here. You look at Yost and uh, hometown Novi, Michigan, and then you look at Mike's hometown Novi, mm-hmm. Michigan. You got two two fellows uh, from a small town um, from the greater greater Chicago land. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but two two boys out of Novi, Michigan, qualify for the Olympic trials. How has the reaction been like? Because I've seen some of the posts from from St. Francis, seen some of the posts from Rapid Elite. Like for both of you guys, how has it been to hear like from from your friends and family for qualifying for the Olympic trials? Yeah, I think that's uh, that's probably the coolest thing. Um, 
and uh i, I don't know i guess it's uh like the race itself the, the prestige or just the level of being here i think it's a little bit more absorbable or understandable to that level to like you know your your aunts your uncles your cousins that aren't totally clued into you know what you're a part of right but at this level they can understand that and i think it comes a little bit more grand in that sense so it's kind of been like hey I've had a lot of you know my family and friends that have been a little bit more invested in wanting to learn more about it just from the buzz um, and, and um, just surrounded from just hitting the qualifying mark in general. So that's the cool thing. I was counting yesterday with uh, um, uh, just about who's coming down. And I counted like 15 people, 15 to 20 people that I know. You know, some are coming down for other folks too, but at least 10 or so I know are traveling down just to watch me race too. So I think that is a testament itself just to, how other people are invested in what I'm passionate in. And that's a pretty cool thing. Right. Um, and other people want to be a part of it. So, um, yeah, there's been a lot of, uh, support from local friends and faraway friends and then as well as the family for sure. That's kind of been the, the coolest feeling is probably that cause I get to share it and talk about it and just like this I'm doing now. Like, this is so cool. Um, you know what I mean? Even if it was just Joe, this would be so cool just to, to listen and to learn too. So, that's all you want to do is just share it with other people. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can just echo what Mike said. I mean, like to see, uh, this sounds so zoomer of me, I feel like, but to see like a bunch of like texts or like, like Instagram DMs or like stories with like your results posted and all that. You're like, Holy, like people are paying attention and are invested in what I'm doing. And like, it's, yeah. it's very nice to see, you know, it's, that boost of like, oh yeah, like people are proud of like what I'm putting forward and like that. I mean, how can that not make you feel good? You know, mm-hmm. but I, I, yeah, it's, I think that was very special to see like everybody come together and celebrate because like the way I see it is, yeah, it was a race and all, but I think like it was, it was a celebration and too, and to just see everybody like stoked, happy, excited about it and like posting and like sending congrats and that sort of stuff. That was really nice and touching. Yeah. I think, uh, another thing, uh, an old coworker or an old boss that I had reached out to me today on shot me a Facebook message, um, just cause I've been posting about stuff. And I thought this was pretty eye opening because right. I think overall on the list, I, I think Yos and I are ranked like 115th or 120th out of the whole 220 or so from qualifying time, at least not PR. So like middle of the pack, right? I think we both have aspirations and goals that were better than that. And we can maybe crack the top 100, or the top 75. Like that is the goal. But you you know, you look at other people and like, wow, there's a race within the race. And that's the first 15 or 20 folks, right? <laughs> For sure. It's cool to be a part of that. But you kind of think about like, yeah, I just want to PR or be as high as possible. But um, like I said, so messaged me t- today and said, good luck this weekend. You know, it's pretty incredible for you to take a break and come back. And then they said, winner's mindset this weekend. Um, you're the man to beat. You're not just lucky to be there. And I thought that resonated. It kind of was a nice reminder now today before the weekend, like Yost and myself and, you know, everybody else in that race, like you're not just lucky to be there. You earned a right to, to toe that line. And I think that's something really cool, regardless if you're finishing first, regardless if you're feeling finishing 225th. So you you have a right to be there. And I think that's, that's a cool sentiment, just like a mental aspect of taking away into this weekend. So I didn't even share that with you, but yeah. Um, so I thought that that's wicked cool. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, I, that's, that's great. That's a great mindset to have, and it's great insight there, especially for somebody running at such a high level. Um, 
two days after CIM, Witty, myself, Witty and myself are, are plopped up on the couch, having really bad issues <laughs> walking. Uh, and I hear Mike say, hey, you want to go on a shakeout? Because training started, training started two days after. This isn't typical block. You didn't have a situation where it was like you qualified at last year's CIM. You qualified two months ago. Your block immediately started to go, and how has that been doing a very small block from a big race, big PR? How's that been for both of you guys? Yeah, it was really the next week. I think I did 29 miles that week after, like taking the next day, and then what we like basically walk jog for four miles on that time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, was, it, was, it was a climb, I'll tell you. I think it was the elevation. Uh, yeah, th- it was over 100 feet per mile. Yeah. Um, it hurt like every, yeah. Downhills were miserable. <laughs> Uphills, we honestly, I think we, we hoped or wished that uh, somehow the house we were staying was at the top. Of this hill, so we can't down anything. Yep. the The difference was like, yeah, I think twenty nine or thirty miles the week after to kind of get the legs. You you take a couple of days off, get the legs back under you. Then a week or two in the seventies is what this is what I got up to of just running. And Trevor, you know, my best friend and I coach in college at St. Francis. He was big about, hey, we need to just get your legs back. We can't just go hog, even though we have seven weeks or eight weeks. We need to get you fully recovered. That is the that is the most important thing versus jumping into a workout too early. So it was kind of 30 miles, then 70 miles or so with just runs, no workouts yet. And then I got to a point where I had a, I think I had four weeks of a block above 80, like 82, 85, 87 or so with, with solid long runs, with solid workouts. Um, and then that was two weeks ago before then finally a two week taper and shut it down. That's all we had. So in a way, it was nice to kind of ramp back up and get, you know, recovered first was the most important thing. But at the same time, you can't just go and sit there and be lethargic. So that's kind of what mine was, is recovery for the first two weeks, a four-week block of back to normal mileage, normal work. Um, Maybe not much as like aggressive in the workouts of we're trying to get more fitness out because quite honestly, you're not going to gain as much from here. It's more so maintaining and then go from there and then taper down. So. That was basically the my plan for the eight, eight weeks. Yeah. Um, d- don't look at my, uh, <laughs> my travel graph. Um, it was more, more vibes based than planned. I really had gone into like, okay, this two month block, we're going to like jump up and hit some stuff, like get a good base. And then for some reason or another, some with weather, some just like, you know, trying try to trying to win the mental battle here and there and not not always coming out on top, you know, so it just ended up, ended up slipping here and there. But one thing I've been trying to um, hang my hat on is that it was only two months ago. Like the fitness is there. Like it's I've been running consistent. It's not like it's not like how it was before I started this whole block, like back in June where I was running two weeks and then taking a whole week and a half off. You know, it was, I was running five, six times a day. Oh, not, not a day. <laughs> I'm Cam Levin's on, uh, on extreme mode, but, uh, five, six times a week and just, you know, um, not hitting a few long runs that I had planned on doing, but still getting consistent running in. And actually, like it was a, 
it was a week where like lost some mental battles and then also um that cold came in where i was like i just need something to go right and so um luckily i'll i'll pull up the I, I would say cold weather. Cold weather. Cold weather is not fun. But the um my get right uh week was actually last week where I finally strung together consistent stuff and like put two workouts together. I was really proud of, and the actually the week before as well, like put put some stuff I was really proud of, and I was like, okay, like it's it's all there, you know, just like just how CIM went, maybe maybe the vibe space catches up to you 10k to go instead of like five miles four miles to go but you know i i've come to come i don't know come to terms is the right word but like i'm this is the camp i'm in i'm going to put i'm always going to put my best foot forward when it comes to the race but i'm also gonna take into account and recognize and be fine with it's the best foot forward with what i did you know, I'm not gonna, I, I, I think in college I would get wrapped around just cause you're racing so much and like, you are chasing times. Essentially you get wrapped up and like, Oh, I missed a couple things here. Like this is going to derail my season or that sort of stuff. And when I'm like, now it's kind of like, well, yeah. Okay. Maybe could have done more, but like, again, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have that that base of fitness not too far like removed from that cim race and i'm gonna be like well we're still we're just gonna go out and run like still gonna try my hardest i'm just not gonna get hung up on crap i could have done more things because maybe doing more things means doing less outside of running like as I'm still trying to figure out that balance. And I think one thing I have come to enjoy is if we're really going to call encompass this as vibes based training, it's like being able to kind of get your work in and also do what you want in a sense outside of it and not feel like constricted to holding super rigid to something or like beating yourself up about missing something. I got one last question I want to give to you guys before we get to Preds race. Uh, at CIM, um, this is about the trials as a whole. I was thinking about this after my workout today. So we're coming up on not exactly four years since the Atlanta 2020 trials, but all very close. What, you know, if we were to go back to, you know, February, you know, today was this day. Actually, no, January 31st, such February 1st, uh, 2020, you tell go back and tell yourselves at that point that, Hey, in four years, you're running the Olympic marathon trials in Orlando, Florida. Would you believe that or no? Cause I know, like, I mean, obviously so much of like, in general, we're, it's, it was the past four years, a lot has happened. And I know like for both of you, the pandemic, a lot of things changed running for you guys. Mm-hmm. So yeah. How, what do you think that 2020 self would say to knowing that this Saturday you're telling the line at the Olympic trials? I think mine would laugh at myself a bit because it'd be like, come on, you are <laughs> never going to do one of these in marathon. You know, it took, it took getting around Mike and the GLR guys and like Zach consistently be like, okay, yeah, like, yeah, I'll do one because I was, I mean, I was always oriented towards 
performing well in distance. I had my best. I had those Tiefer marks I dusted off for CIM. I had those performances <laughs> coming off of an indoor block where I had an injury, like oh, somewhat injury, but it just to the point where I couldn't run faster than 10K pace for working out. So I just did long stuff, like mileage, tempo, VO2, like stuff. So I knew I was oriented towards it. But I was like, that's that is two hours in <laughs> my day. <laughs> thinking of like, I don't know if I could put my body through that because I kind of go into the um, thought process of putting my best foot forward. Like if I sign up for a race, I'm going to race. You know, I I think that's just for better or for worse kind of drilled into me from college and I, I like to think of it for better but so you know I've got to I've got to line up and go hard like I'm not gonna just do it to do it and like I'm still going to like that I feel like juxtaposite juxtaposite <laughs> I can't talk right now uh, the mouth's been going too long that's in conflict with like I think of now the marathon and like events around it kind of being like a celebration of fitness and that sort of stuff. Whereas if you talk to me in college, I've been like, it's a race, like you need to run fast. And now it's like, Oh, I want to run fast, but it's also a celebration of like, everybody's doing something incredible here. Like 26.2 miles. There's a reason why you, they have fueling stations and water and that sort of stuff, because it is a feat that the body (laughs) is like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's like not necessarily made to do or something along those lines, but like you are, you are doing something very impressive. So I think that has to be worth noting for anybody doing anything like that. And with that mindset, like, yeah, we're just going to see how it goes. Yeah. I think in 2020, I would have been, well, the crazy thing I would have not believed running the trials because 2020, I was not running. So uh, that's kind of crazy. So that'll be another episode that Chris said we'll do a one-on-one, right? You can give the backstory of uh, of of just my running career. But yeah, I took like three or f- three almost four years off running after college, <clears throat> and then started to get the itch again. Grateful in twenty twenty one, and started to like started to jog, getting back into it, and then started to like, yeah, let's get competitive again. And that's when Trevor, my friend, was like, hey, let's just get good. Let's try marath. Let's do some halves. Let's try marathons, and let's like talk about maybe trying to go and get getting an otq for 2024 literally talked about this in 2021 and it was kind of a casual like yeah let's do this but i tell you what it took every bit of three years um just under three years to get to this level in the last six months and like just literally rebuilding i'm like because i started out and i got hurt immediately because i'm like starting to compare myself against college and that's a mental battle you can't do that but it just took literally just took starting off at we're doing 20 minutes a day. We're doing 30 minutes a day. We're doing 20, 35 minutes a day, right? It literally took that back in, from 2021 to then start going up into uh, getting back in shape. So 2020, no, wouldn't have believed it. But 2021, like we talked about it, we were joking about it a little bit, but I went like, wow, okay, maybe we'll see. I mean, we need to run a couple half marathons for the first time and uh, another full for the first time. But yeah, that's, um, but that, yeah, that's kind of uh, what the last, four years that's wild wild. (laughs) it's crazy to say (laughs) so final thoughts before we get into some just we're gonna do very little questions on this one because we know you guys got got a got a bedtime for you guys yourselves um 
final thoughts heading into this weekend? Um, I'm actually pretty looking at the now, like the forecast is starting to solidify and everyone's always been so tweaked out about the, the weather. It's going to be hot and I think it's going to be great. It's going to be high 40s or low 50s at the start, which might be a little warm and finish in the 60s. So weather wise, I'm not too scared about that, which is nice. And I'm excited to be with a bunch of guys like almost like CIM. It's going to be 200 people. You know, it was 100, 150 at CIM, but these are going to be the same kind of guys that are going to be running fast. And you could just hopefully run with a pack and get pulled along and run a really competitive race. So if anything, I'm looking forward to right now, but probably starting tomorrow and Friday, I'll be pretty nervous and like start to lock down. But yeah, right now I'm, opt- I'm optimistic yeah. and excited to, to run with in some big packs, um, not lead. Yeah, no, no lead in this time. Um, yeah. Not like the last few miles maybe a leader but uh i think for me and we've kind of touched about it touched on it with um talking about like racing from palabs to now it's like i think i mean i have great reference points and great people to work with because he, he's more than the rest of the <laughs> he's a good bud but like to key <laughs> off of to key off of mike and uh zach and those guys who i know around my area i've trained with in terms of racing, but I know that this seems like, and I don't want to come off as like, you know what? I could come off as maybe a little, little cowardly when I'm saying this, this seems like it might set up to be a lot of people going a little too aggressive to this with, with the start. And yep. that is something I, again, as we talked about, I would prefer to not get caught up in. Mm-hmm. But so I think it'll just be being smart and finding the right pack to work with and finding the right people to work with. And so I think there's, there's a little bit of nerves, but, um, you know, I'm kind of trying to approach it like kind of how I did for CIM, you know, sleep over with the boys mentality. Like, Hey, I'm just down in Florida with the boys and we're just going to hang with friends and then run a marathon. You know, I'm just trying to be pretty laid back about it. Yeah, I think. Trevor, I was talking to Trevor before and he's like, yeah, you might start out in this race and you might be in the rear almost dead last to start because people just go out pretty aggressively and that's okay. And I was like, I'm okay with that because I, I know like that's going to still be pretty fast and if not as fast as what the start of CIM was and we can build off of that and then just start chopping people down <laughs> or at least trying to catch people. Hopefully I'm not going the other way, but yeah. It's going to be a hell of a weekend to watch, and uh, you guys can all watch them on Peacock at 10 a.m. if you want the live stream. It's going to be on NBC at noon if you want to catch the rest of it. And then there is going to be live tracking as well. We'll put something up with live tracking for the boys here. Um, quick questions here. We'll have uh, we'll have three questions on my end. And uh, first question is, what's your top five songs on your, your uh, running playlist? I asked you guys this earlier, so you should have this ready. Yep. You have it up right Uh Yeah. So, at, like, now, you, it's specifically like pre race or whatever was the question. Cause I, uh, I call me, call me snobby or whatever you want to call me. I, pr- I prefer to not like run with music, even if I'm by myself. Now, treadmill, I need all the help I can get. If mm-hmm. I'm on the tread, like, you got to give me some slack. But when I'm outdoors, I don't usually listen to music. But I actually, um, in preparation for coming down here, I, uh, made an immaculate vibes okay playlist and i think that is sort of what i'm aiming for pre-race you know kind of 
I don't know if people can pick up on this, but I'm kind of a, a loosey-goosey sort of. Like, when I'm loose and relaxed and kind of chill, that's usually when I'm performing best. So I, I'm just finding songs that kind of make me feel happy. I might be dancing around a little, but just loose and wiggly sort of. So um, my Immaculate Vibes playlist has a bunch of, I would say, like electronic dance slash like like uh maybe edm i don't know i don't know genres too much that's just what i would throw these in but we have uh i'll just go down this list of five right here i got so we start back with um this one has ties to the college days because anytime we were doing the michigan workout or just any sort of banger like the last rep we would ask somebody to throw this song on so this has like a wee bit of sentimental value, but a uh, body back by uh, Griffin and uh, Maya, right? I think that's name is, but yeah, that whenever I'm thinking of like when that song's on or like when I'm deciding to play that song, it's because I I'm thinking like, Oh, I'm, I'm fit. Like I was back then. Like I'm ready to go. I'm ready to be loose and have some fun. Um, so second song on the list is so close. Um, by I think the main artist is NOTD. That's been a recent ad. I've just been bopped to it. It's just kind of cheerful, a little dancey dance. Um, this one is just kind of a staple in general, running or not. Um, one more time by Daft Punk. I mean, music got me feeling so free. It's just that simple. <laughs> Gotta celebrate. Um, so we got two more here. Um, another one I... I um, I like to have people throw on for workouts as well as 1999 by Charlie XCX. Oh, cause I just want to go back. <laughs> and then I, I was, I was one at the time, but I want to go back. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, the, uh, little call on me by Eric, uh, Prides, I think that name is. Yep. That's great. I love that song. So those are, those are my five. And I, I feel like it kind of, and there's more, I actually like crowdsourced a bunch of this. I threw it on my Instagram story. Hey, what, what song should I add to this? So those are just five that I added, but on my playlist, I got a whole bunch of submissions from people. So I really appreciate that. But those are my, my five immaculate vibe, perfect pre-race songs. <laughs> Let's go. Opposite. <laughs> Mine are like, I want to like run through a brick wall and like try to murder somebody at the start line. <laughs> no, not really. But <laughs> it's like more like heavy rock, like just getting, I don't know. Like I like being in like the zone, if that makes sense. I'm like calm and collected in a way. So here, all right, here's some of my five. Um, calm and collected, but with like rock, if that makes sense. But so Voodoo Child by Jimi Hendrix. This is okay. pretty baller on mine this is a new one that i saw after uh after we watched twice now equalizer three with denzel washington the end <laughs> in the credits there's a song called monster by jacob banks that just slaps so that's been on the list and then the other uh three that i got is um obviously some phil collins in the air tonight just like that's <laughs> like when you're walking or getting ready oh yeah it's just a build up worth it um yeah. and then danger zone by kenny loggins oh, okay. <laughs> maverick um and then the other one there's uh, no reason by some forty one right. or Lincoln Park song, one of the two. It's basically pick a Lincoln Park Heck song. Yeah. You're just gonna be in good shape. So, yeah, awesome. Yeah. 
Um, actually, I got one more for you guys. One last question for me. Um, and then I'll ask a typical question when I get you guys on your separate podcasts. We'll get to that. Um, what's going to be your alcoholic drink of choice after, if you had any alcoholic drink of choice after the marathon, what would it be? <laughs> uh, hams? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I'm a, I'm a, you know, you can insert that, uh, was it John Cena and Adam Driver meme? Uh, like little clip. I'm, I'm a cocktail guy. <laughs> I, I, uh, you know, you get me a fuel uh, Ooh, Moscow yeah. Mules, and I will have a great night. So, uh, probably, probably a Moscow Mule or any sort of Mule version you could think of. That just sounds quite nice. You guys are gonna judge me hard. I'm usually like a Pilsner kind of dude, so like I love Bush Light, going fishing and watching NASCAR for sure. But Pilsner is all the way is what I'm gonna choose. But also. I would say a nice like an anti-hero i would totally slap with you know after maybe i'll be one and done but i will say i'm going to epcot the next day on sunday yes, <laughs> be, i don't know how i'm gonna walk around that place but i'm gonna drink around there i'm excited to stop at a couple the pub in the uk get a beer in canada it's gonna be great and, and actually i'm going on monday so i'll see i'll see this <laughs> wake of destruction yes. uh, when i'll through. tell you which which friggin' bush I puked in. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Well, boys, uh, thank you guys so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Um, we'll be seeing you guys this weekend, and uh, I'm sure we'll uh, hopefully we can get the boys together for another race day, too. But, uh, yeah. Thank yeah, thank you guys so much. Yeah, thanks yeah. for having us. All right. See you, boys. Take care, everybody. Yep, see you guys. See ya. See ya.